You've got like a little cadre of people that you know. That I, I didn't push anybody. These uh, are just smart people. You hacked what all can their I faces, say? I did not. All their emails I did not. and submitted these. Hello, fellow geeks. Welcome to the Story Geeks podcast, and thank you for joining us. You are part of a small but influential group of people we call Story Geeks. Fans of science fiction, fantasy, and comic books who love to dig deeper into geek stories to see how they impact us and the culture around us. These aren't just stories that help us escape. These stories shape our world. How? That's what we're discussing today. Don't forget to click the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future Story Geeks content. And as always, we want to hear from you. So follow us on Facebook or Twitter and send us your thoughts and opinions by commenting or emailing. If you like this podcast, be sure to share it with a geek friend. I'm one of your hosts, Jay Shear, and this podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. For more information about the Story Geeks podcast and other Reclamation Society projects, visit www.reclamationsociety.org. Now, let's dive into this week's episode. Well, this is going to be pretty conversational, Daryl, because this is not a deep dive per se. This is just us giving our opinions on it's top a deep 10. dive. It's well, just a different kind of deep dive. A deep dive into our own opinions. How about that? Uh, yeah, we're talking about our top 10 sci-fi films. And the cool thing is a bunch of Story Geeks fans, who are all Story Geeks themselves, mm-hmm. have reached out to us and they've submitted their own top 10. So we're going to be going through those as well. I'm going to read off those names before we get started. Isaac Johnson, Bobby Nash, Justin Weaver, Jamie Smith, that Woo-hoo! sounds familiar, uh, Joseph Heath, Malachi Ward, Ben Coberly, Ashley Pauls, John DiNardo, Cody Shearer, Lisa Jones, Chris Wetzel, Mike Faber, Tim Posada, Elvis Ieskis, Michael Gordon, and Kevin Bates. Probably a, a good half. 60% of which have all been guests on the podcast. I know. <laughs> which is actually cool, too. Yeah. We want to get as many of them. In. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about, we're going to go through each one step by step. What's our number 10? What's our number 9? What's our number 8? Um, Isaac Johnson and Bobby Nash would not submit theirs in order, so I just made up an order Rebels. for them. <laughs> I know. They had to rebel, uh, which is fine. And then, um, so we're going to go through one at a time. But before we dive into that, and I haven't seen yours and you haven't seen mine, so we get to right. comment on that as well. I don't, I don't know how many Star Wars films you have on your oh, list. Oh, it's going to be a lot. But I think it's at but... least four. <laughs> <laughs> I might surprise you, but probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also have, uh, just based on the audience votes, and I put scores to them. So, like, for example, um, if you put something at number one, it got ten points. If you put something at number ten, it got sure. one point. I also have the top three... Um, basically gold, silver, bronze, if you will, hey. what the what people voted for. So um, After that, it gets real tight, and there's like a lot of options. So I'm not going to get into that level of depth, but uh, that's kind of where it's at. So let's, before we start, though, I so, want to hear about why, what you think is what qualifies as a sci-fi film, and like how did you go about building your list around that? Me, personally? Yeah. Okay. Um, so for me, a sci-fi film... There's three things that I think it should include at least one of. Okay. It doesn't have to have all three. Okay. One is some element of science or technology okay. with a sort of fantastical slant to it, something okay. that doesn't actually exist in the real world Yep. or something that doesn't exist yet. Um, two, uh, an element of the future. Okay. You know, 
gives us a glimpse of what could be. All right. Or three, um, it involves, and this is the one that I don't hear as much about, because we have, we'll go through some of this stuff. We got a lot of talk about what these movies mean, but yeah, I don't hear a lot of other people talking about this one, but it's a big part of it for me, uh-huh. is this idea of exploration. So ah, that fits in with movies that take place in space, sure. movies that take place underwater like the abyss and uh, have some sort of element like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 okay. Um, and you know, like other universes, alternate realities, alternate dimensions, yep. right. but it has to be something where they're the story includes traveling to those places. Okay. Um, it can't just be a story that's like... So let me ask you a question. I have a specific one I can bring up, but... It, on your list? Not on my list. Okay. Yeah. No, so it's not mean... even a movie. Oh, okay. So, okay, this, there's going to be a lot of shout-outs on this because we've had a lot of good conversations on Facebook. But totally. Shout-out to my friend Joe Pack. He and I were talking on Facebook about... Man in the High Castle. Oh, sure. Which is a TV show. It's not a movie. And, Total but, sci-fi, I think. I see. I don't. Oh. Well, okay. I haven't. I've only seen the pilot. Okay. It for me, if it has some scientific or technological elements in it that are fantastical, mm-hmm. then I can say, I can agree with that. Got it. But simply based on the fact that it's this alternate take. Yeah. On the world. Yeah. You know, like if we lost the war and stuff like that, and what yeah. it would look like. Because that's the whole world yeah. of that of that show. Yep. That alone for me doesn't qualify it. Interesting. Because there's no element of it was this way and now it's this way. Okay. You know, that's just that's just the setting yeah, in that okay. story. That doesn't make it sci fi. Okay. So when I get into my definition then you'll see why it would be included. Y'all see why I'm wrong. <laughs> well, no, you know, I, see, this is the thing, right? When I when I reached out to people on Facebook and via email and I said, Here's the deal. You can say whatever you think is sci-fi. Totally. And that's totally cool with me. Yeah. Because um, we could argue an entire podcast on what is actually sci-fi. Like, that could be the podcast. Right. But for me, I'm like, you know what? If you consider it sci-fi, go for it. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Just yeah. conclude it. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, having said that, what are some of the other definitions that you like do you want to give people? Do you want to give yours first? I'll give mine first? last. I'll give last. mine last. Okay. Yeah. Um... Yeah, okay, so there are some other good definitions on here, so we'll do a few shout-outs here. So, uh, Chris Wetzel, a buddy of mine, I know he also submitted a list. He says, scientific and technological concepts, possible or not, a surreal or uncanny future, and characters that may or may not be human. Okay. Um, John Campbell, a friend of ours, says, some element of space is involved can still be earth but needs that otherworldly element and then there is tech even if it's retro tech or steampunk which i thought was an interesting one because mm. steampunk is an element of sci-fi that i feel like gets separated out sometimes have you felt like steampunk was sci-fi or would you not include steampunk as sci-fi i think if that's if, another if podcast the, if, by the way well <laughs> no but if the elements for me the elements i mentioned before if there's some you know, science or technology that doesn't currently exist, or if it takes place in the future. Okay. If it's just the steampunk aesthetic, yeah, but doesn't include either of those things, yeah, then for me it's probably more fantasy. Okay, that's fair. But sure. Um, let's see who else. Wen Ni said, "Thought provoking should make the audience think about our own culture in a different setting." Um, 
or exploration of new technology, achieving what is possible with technology and how humans can adjust or resist it. Okay. Um, Tim Posada, one of our own buddies here. Mm-hmm. Scientifically impossible or a projection of future possibilities. This is still not an excuse to include gravity, which is not a science fiction film. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the fourth or fifth time you said that. Yeah. So that's kind of what we see. We on have Facebook. heard you, Tim. We have heard you. I agree, agree, actually. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. Tim is correct. Um, so what's your definition? So, okay. So my definition is basically that a good science fiction story and where science fiction came from historically was people asking the question, what if? Right. Yeah. So if you if the movie surrounds a what if scenario, and what I mean by what if is is not like not like what if two people met on the subway. Like I mean, obviously, like you can ask anything in what if ways, right? Yeah. But rather as like what if the world were different in some way? What if what if in the future this becomes available to us? Is like the traditional question. Mm-hmm. Like what if robots become a reality? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then the science fiction story would play itself out in that way. Sure. So you get. Utopias, dystopias, zootopias. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think that the other element that I would add to that, though, is it has to have something that is fantastic, mm-hmm. that is based off more science and less magic, if you will. Yeah. So it's it can be it can be explained in a way based on technology. Right. So this is where I would say like uh, Man in the High Castle is is like borderline for me. I probably wouldn't include it. Well, I don't know if I'd include it on a, like alternate realities. I think are because it's like, what if the Germans had won the war? Yeah. Right. Um, now, granted, I would hope that there would be some different science in place, right? That would make that more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe because they won the war, America never dropped a nuclear bomb, and therefore nuclear power is now much more acceptable because it was never used for weaponry, and now that people are using nuclear power. I don't, I don't know what it is, but that right. would be an expectation I would probably have of a sci-fi deal. Mm-hmm. I usually include steampunk as a subcategory of sci-fi, though I do agree with you that sci-fi and fantasy are oftentimes, if it doesn't have any element of science in it whatsoever, um, or whatsoever is really strong but you know what i'm saying like if it, there's no strong elements of new science yeah then i'd say it's pretty much fantasy yeah but if there are elements of new science um which a lot of times in steampunk there are because everything is based off steam right so it's like well what if we did create a steam whatever yeah right? and so to me that usually includes steampunk and sci-fi but i would not argue that point with anybody i'd just be like okay we'll just talk let's just talk about cool movies like yeah it doesn't have to be we have the exact same definition so that's kind of where i'm coming from are you ready to dive in? I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm Here excited. Here we go. Okay, so starting up first, we're just going to go through everybody's number 10. So all the movies I'm going to read out are all the number 10s. I'm going to read out the person's name and then the movie. So, and just to give people a feel for like who these people are, I will say a little bit about them for their number 10 movies. But then for all the other movies, I'm or, just going to say their name. Or I will say a little something about them. Yes. Because yeah, you don't know all of them. That's true. One of us will say a little something about <laughs> yeah. them. So first up, Isaac Johnson. Isaac is an actor, a big geek. He's been on the podcast before. Uh, his number 10 film is Alien. Now, that's again, Isaac was one of the ones that didn't number his, so that's me <laughs> putting Alien at number 10 for Isaac. <laughs> um, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, too. Uh, Bobby Nash is up next. Bobby Nash is friend of the show, been on the podcast before, story geek for sure, a writer. You should go read some of his stuff. 
And he didn't number his either, and he kind of cheated on his number 10. because, Well, what I defined for him as his number 10, because he said all of Star Wars. <laughs> wow. So basically, Bobby has about 20 movies in his list. <laughs> but that's fine. Coming up next is Justin Weaver. Justin did number his list, so I do have those. Which I know him well enough to know was probably a great pain for him. Mm. He, he has been on the show. Good friend of the show. Yep. Um, will probably be part of our story group at some point. So the Reclamation Society also has a story group because we release stories. And so he's going to probably be in that group. So we appreciate Justin and his creativity. At number 10 on his list is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Okay. Um, and I, I want to talk about that a little bit more, but we're going to wait until we get to our list. All right. All right. Um, and then I will let you talk about the next person because it's Jamie Smith. Jamie Smith is the greatest person on the face of the planet. <laughs> That's I a might, sci-fi film right there. I might be a little biased about that because she is my wife. <laughs> um, and she is a geek. She's, she's a bit of a different geek than we are. Or maybe I would call her more of a nerd because a lot of the stuff that she is really into is much more productive for the world than the mm. stuff that we are into. Sure. But she loves this stuff too. And in fact... Here's a little teaser. She and I have decided that we're going to do a, a podcast episode together on my number one on my list. Oh, nice. So. Oh, nice. Which has got to be a Chris Nolan film. We'll see, we'll though. see. All right, so Jamie Smith, her number 10. I know what her number 10 is. Controversy. Oh, <laughs> I come think on. it's the only person that listed this movie on the list. Although we have, I haven't seen yours, so it might be on yours, too. Um, but no, actually, I actually really like this movie, but I just know that this filmmaker is very controversial because it is M. Night Shyamalan's Signs. But that's a great movie. It Come is, on. It and it has really aliens movie. in it, so. I actually think that it's his, personally speaking, I think it's his second best movie. I think it's his best movie. I think it's just behind Sixth Sense. Because mm. I like Sixth Sense a lot. Um, but M. Night Shyamalan movies, for me, I am not a revisitor of his movies. Once I've seen it, I'm like, I'm good. I would agree with most of yeah. them, but this is the one of maybe two or three that I would go back and watch. Yeah. And, it, and one of the great things about this, we can't do this for every movie. I know, it's it would take forever. Yeah, but one of the great things about that movie is that um, he does so many different setups that all pay off. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to do in movies. Next up is Joseph Heath. And I'm not, I don't know no Joseph. I don't either. Joseph, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining. We love His, you, sir. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And his number 10 is Coherence. I don't know that. I will say this too. Joseph's list is super unique. Coherence. So good job, Joseph, for writing in, for coming up with the top 10 and introducing a whole bunch of people to the movies, to these movies. That's pretty cool. Coming in uh, at top in the top 10 spot for Malachi Ward. Malachi Ward is a friend of mine. He actually did the art for one of the books we're going to release. Um, he's a comic book guy, comic, actually a sci-fi comic book artist. Oh, okay, real quick. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Just to backtrack a little bit, I just looked up Coherence on IMDb because I'd never heard of it. Yeah. The premise alone totally interests me. Um, strange things begin to happen when a group of friends gather for a dinner party on an evening when a comet is passing overhead. Oh, wow. Actually sounds like a comedy that I saw one time. That's all I see. I don't... Oh, wow. Nicholas Brendan from Buffy the Vampire Slayer is in it. Really? 
Anyhow, sorry, continue. I yeah. just had to know what it was. So Malachi Ward, comic book artist, sci-fi fan. His number 10 is Star Trek Wrath of Khan. Okay, yeah. And I know Classic. because I calculated all these things, I know that that's going to show up again for other people in their lists. Great movie. My friend Ben Coberly, long-time listener of the show. He goes all the way back to the first show. He's been a listener for a long time. Thanks for writing in, Ben. Ben's number 10 is The Last Starfighter. Yeah, that's a great movie. I believe that's the unique one on this list, too. Like That doesn't show up in anybody else's list. Yeah. Ashley Paul's new friend of the show. She's from the ESO Network. She can be found on the Earth Station 1 podcast from time to time. And she does reviews for their website. Um, we're going to have her on the podcast as soon as we can figure out our schedules. Her number 10 is Ex Machina. Okay. Yeah, I've heard a lot about that one. I haven't seen that one. But I haven't I've heard either. a lot about it either, too. John DiNardo, probably of all the people on this list, the most qualified person because he <laughs> actually ran um, a award-winning science fiction blog, like a, a Nebula award-winning or whatever it was. Like some, there was some like some big prize. Anyways, his number ten is Moon. Yeah, you know Moon. More than any other movie that has been talked about since. We started talking about this stuff. Yeah. That's the one that I'm like, I want to go home and watch that right now. Yeah. Like, I've always meant to watch it. I just haven't gotten to it. I feel exactly the same way. I've yeah. never watched it either. Um, my brother, Cody Shear. He's Cody. also an author. Um, you can go look up his stuff. Look up Cody Shear. He's got, he's got stuff on Amazon. Always science fiction, fantasy related. His number 10 is 12 Monkeys. Yeah. Which, that's a really good film. Um, I really like that film. Yeah. Lisa Jones, part of our story group. Cody's part of our story group, too. Uh, Lisa is an artist and a writer. And her number 10 is Deja Vu. Oh, that was one of my contenders. That's a really good movie. So, Lisa, the cool thing about Lisa is that Lisa's list came out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about those movies. Yeah. And then made me actually made me switch one of mine. I actually added one of the ones she said. It'll be coming up later. Dude, Deja Vu, one of Tony Scott's last movies. Mm. I'm going to look that up to make sure I'm not misquoting that. No, I think it's, I <laughs> I think it's true. Sounds right, yeah. He and Denzel did a lot of movies together. Well, and Denzel, you can't go wrong with that. Um, yeah, Tony Scott. It was one of his last movies, and it's a great movie. Uh, Chris Wetzel. And I don't know Chris. You know Chris. Chris is a buddy of mine from church. He plays on our worship team. He's a big sci-fi movie fan. Um, and I'm excited to hear his list. I think I can guess a good number of the movies on his list. But Okay. He's his a good buddy of mine. And he's really into this stuff. So it's fun. That's good. Because his number 10 is Total Recall. Yep. And I think that's the only time Total Recall made this list as well. But you can't argue that that's not classic 80s science fiction. Yeah, the Schwarzenegger one, right? Yeah, not I the Colin so. Farrell one. I believe so, yeah. I don't think that one's going to make anybody's list. No, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think Colin Farrell's on any of the movies in any of these lists. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Minority yeah. Report. He's in Minority Report. That's got to be on somebody's list. Is he, is he in Minority Report? Yeah. Oh, really? He's like the bad guy trying to catch Tom Cruise. Oh, no way. Not bad guy, the cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Next up, Mike Faber. Mike is for, is one of the hosts of the Earth Station. Mike is one of the hosts of the Earth Station One podcast. Um, I've been on that podcast. This, this, Mike and Mike is Mike Gordon, who has a list as well. Super cool guys. Super big sci-fi. Super big geeks. Super big comic book guys. Like this, obviously friends of the show. Um, his number ten is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm, okay. Tim Fasada been on the show. 
Um, Tim is a movie critic. He did his dissertation on superhero films because he has a doctorate. He's a, he's a professor. Um, and his number 10 is Ghost in the Shell. Okay. Fairly confident that's the original. The original, the anime. Yeah. yeah. He, didn't, he didn't label it, but I'm almost positive that's what it is. One would hope. Zach Linton, close personal friend of ours, really. Um, he uh, has been a longtime geek, has read probably one of the most well-read science fiction people I know. because he, he reads the classic stuff, yeah. like the Isaac Asimov stuff. He's one of the smarter geeks I've ever met in my life. Yes, he's a really yes. smart guy. But you, you know what he told me? He's what? listening to the podcast. He's like, I really like Sam Wellbaum. I'm like, that's because you're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair. You're the same person. You can't say that. Um, so Zach Linton's number 10 was Moon. Okay. So he agrees with John Nardo, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And then Elvis Ieskis. Elvis was on the podcast. Yep. Old um, friend of mine. One of my best friends. Yeah. Super cool guy. His number 10, the original Planet of the Apes. Wow. Yeah. His okay. number 10. Yep. Cool. Then Michael Gordon, the other host of the Earth Station One podcast. Been on the show several times. Super cool guy. Um, also a writer. Go check out his stuff. Tiki Zombie, I think, is one of the ones that he writes for. Uh, his number 10 is War of the Worlds, the original, from the 1950s. Okay. So very cool. And then our final submission... Kevin Bates, friend of yours and I's, totally. former, former co-worker, he and I... Champion geek. I mean... Ch- champion geek come on. that I rarely agree with. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. I still love Kevin. But he loves this stuff. He does. He does. Um, I really disagree with his number nine. <laughs> but we will get there. What, his number 10 <laughs> is Life. I just watched Life what like you, a week ago. It? I really enjoyed it. It wouldn't make my list. Um, okay. But I think it's a really... I'm the type of person who tends to champion movies that do something that's not groundbreaking, but do it really well. Because ah. I'm kind of against the whole idea that the pioneer is always the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And life is an example of that. There's nothing new about it. Right. But it's a really good example of that kind of movie. Got it. So, Got it. Okay. I should see it then. That's my opinion of it. Which is a good segue as we talk about what's on your list. To your number 10. My number 10. Yeah. Okay. Is my number 10 controversial? No, it is not. Ah. At least I don't think it is. Yeah. My number 10 is Doug Lyman's Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Sure. Edge um, of Tomorrow is cool. A lot of the movies on my list, or a lot of what I love about sci-fi movies, is what kind of a tone it strikes. Both visually and also character-wise and music and everything. And yeah. The tone of Edge of Tomorrow I just love because it has darkness, it has gravity, Yeah. but it's Humor. also funny. Yeah, absolutely. So it's the movie that proved to the world that Emily Blunt could be an action hero. Okay. So I think it's, I just think it's a I great agree. movie. I agree. Other people have it on their list as well, I will say that. Yeah. Um, my, te- my number 10 slot is actually Star Wars A New Hope. Oh. It begins. It begins. Star Wars movie number one. So and keep the, track, everybody. The only thing I have to say about the, say about it is um, I had to include it in my top ten. Sure, because it was like it's the origination point for all of the stuff that I love so much. Totally. But the reason why it's not higher on the list is just because I feel like there's better films in that series. Yeah. And I feel like there's more important sci-fi. Yeah. In that I could have gone with. So yeah. that's why it's number ten. 
Star Wars fans, we are giving away two very special Star Wars prizes to Reclamation Society email subscribers. If you subscribe to the Reclamation Society's email updates, you are entered to win the Art of Rogue One. But thanks to a special donation from Daryl Smith, who is also one of the other hosts of the Story Geeks podcast, we have a second prize, a never-before-watched copy of The Phantom Menace on VHS. That means we have two super cool collector's items, and all you have to do is subscribe to our email updates. Which, by the way, you should do anyways. So, go visit www.reclamationsociety.org, and you can enter to win there. The link is in the show notes, so go subscribe now! So, now we're going to go through the number nines. Uh, on the number nine list, Isaac Johnson, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. We've heard that one already. Totally. Bobby Nash, Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan. And remember, those two did not give me their order, so those are just my picks for their number nine. <laughs> Justin Weaver, with what I think is a controversial pick, but several other people had this film, and that's Galaxy Quest. I don't think that's controversial at all. This, this came up on Facebook hmm. when I was asking what two people like. A friend of mine, I believe it was Lisa Kim, said that Galaxy Quest is her favorite sci-fi movie. Ah. And I had to think about it for a second. I'm like, oh, that's not sci-fi. That's a comedy. But that's a stupid thing to say because it's right. totally sci-fi. It right, has right, all right. the elements. Who cares if it's funny? Well, one of the most beloved TV series of all time is like Doctor Who. I mean, Whovians think that's the best thing sure. that's ever happened. And yeah. that's total comedy. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. And you look at other movies like Spaceballs, yep. which some people mentioned on Facebook. And yeah, I would call those sci-fi. Just because they're a comedy doesn't, totally doesn't disqualify them. I totally agree. Jamie Smith, Wall-E. Great choice. Yep. Joseph Heath, Colossal, Malachi Ward. Oh, I want to see Colossal. I haven't I'm, seen that one I yet. I have not seen Colossal. It looks yet. really good. That's what I mean. Joseph's List, man. you got got a lot of good stuff in there because I, I haven't seen them. Malachi Ward, Moon, Ben Coberly, The Fifth Element. Coben! <laughs> you gotta do that every time you say something about the element. Every Ashley time? Pa- well, I'm not gonna do it again. <laughs> Ashley Paul's the uh, said the Martian. Yeah, great movie. Uh, you don't like that movie. Is it in your top ten? No, it's not in my top ten. So we can talk about it now. <laughs> yeah, I hate that movie. I know you. Do. <laughs> I know you do. I don't even have a dislike of it. Like I have a strong. That's one of the things I can point to to prove you're not perfect. <laughs> I can point to a lot of other things, but man, oh my gosh, I can't stand that movie. But I'm glad you like it, Ashley. I love it. Didn't make my list, but I love it. Ashley has a lot of other movies that I really like and that I really agree with, but I can't stand that movie. All right. John DiNardo says The Matrix Mm -hmm. at number nine. Cody Shear says Star Trek Into Darkness, which... Star Trek fans tend to hate that film. I love that one. I I do too. I don't get why people hate it so much. I think think if you love the classic movies... What they mess with, what they mess with Khan, people don't like that. Yeah. I know. I agree. But that's because I'm, I'm not really a Trekkie. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa Jones, The Book of Eli. Yeah. It's a good movie. Fantastic film. Chris Wetzel, Starship Troopers. Yeah. So two Paul Verhoeven films so far. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, his is, list. Is, is, did Starship Troopers make your list? No. That's another one of those films that um, I don't have as strong of a dislike as I do from The Martian mm-hmm. but it's another one of those films that like kind of cult cult popularity yeah it's kind of I a just, polarizing one people yeah, love it or hate it I just don't really like it. I mean yeah. I don't hate it but it's just eh. yeah. uh, Mike Faber came in with uh, War of the World from the 1950s Tim Posada comes in with The Iron Giant which yeah. is a great choice my son loves that movie yeah great choice um, Zach Linton could not decide <laughs> between these two films so he said 
Uh, it's a it's a tie for number nine. And by the way, I didn't have time to like parse all the data yeah, yeah, and yeah, say yeah, like yeah. so. I'll let people do crazy things. Bicentennial Man slash AI. AI is a weird movie for me. It is good. It's definitely good, but it's so weird because it's basically a movie made by two filmmakers, and you can tell. Mm. It's like because it was Kubrick's movie, right? But he never got to make it. Ah. And so Steven Spielberg made it. made it. And you can tell that it's a director like Steven Spielberg telling the story that he would never otherwise tell. It's just, yeah, it feels weird. I don't like either of those films. And I can't say that I disliked them when I watched them. It was just very much a, I'm not going to watch that again for mm-hmm. any reason. Elvis Ieskis comes in with Edge of Tomorrow. Yep. So there you go. Good, given. Uh, Michael Gordon comes in with The Matrix. And then here's the Kevin Bates one that I said should not be on the top ten. Kevin Bates said Men in Black 3. Oh, I saw that. Because <laughs> he, uh, he did his on Facebook. That's right. I'm, I don't like those movies, especially not that one. I like the first one. It's fun. It, wouldn't, it doesn't change my life, but that one I just thought was really funny. It yeah. made me laugh. But All hey, right. enjoy, so what what is, you enjoy joy. Yeah. Yeah, hey. You, if you, you do you, man. If you love it, then you, <laughs> then you, you go for it. What is your number nine? Okay, my number nine, I feel, is somewhat similar to your number ten. Because mm. you said A New Hope was your introduction into yeah. sci-fi, sort of. Like, into Star Wars, for sure. Mm-hmm, but also, mm-hmm. it's kind of like your childhood version of sci-fi. Oh, yeah. And it is for me, too. But there's another film that is for me that is bigger. And maybe this is controversial, mm. but I think is better. Yeah. And that's Back to the Future. There's no argument from me that Back to the Future is amazing. Yeah. It is on my list. Yeah. It is higher than nine. Yeah. It's, it is... It, actually, Back to the Future as a film is hard to say that anything was done incorrectly. A lot of people call it a perfect film. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculously good. I, I will not argue that at all. That's amazing. Um, well, my number nine... Great Scott Marty! Uh, is... <laughs> Back to the Future Part 2? Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. No, Book of Eli. And and that came from Lisa. Um, When I saw that Lisa had put that on there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot that was even... When you look up top sci-fi films, it doesn't even show up anywhere. And I'm like, why not, man? This film's amazing. Um, I love that film. Um, Really interesting premise. Uh, Watchable multiple times. Mm -hmm. Just to try and figure out exactly what's going on. I love watching Denzel beat people up. I'm good with that. Great performances, too. Yeah. All right, so let's get into our number eight. I'm just going to keep us moving. Um, Isaac Johnson has Back to the Future. Again, not numbered. I numbered it. Bobby Nash. I'm going to stop saying that, by the way. Just remember, Isaac and Bobby did not number their lists. <laughs> um, Bobby says John Carpenter's The Thing. Okay. I don't think anyone else said that. Um, Justin Weaver, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Jamie Smith, Edge of Tomorrow. So you guys are in the Edge of Tomorrow crew, man. We love like, that movie. Yeah, between Elvis and Justin and Jamie. Well, you guys could have like an El- like a Edge of Tomorrow watch. Jamie party. and I watch that movie a lot. Joseph Heath, Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Hey. Yeah, that's a good throw out there. Again, I told you Joseph's list is unique. Malachi Ward, The Forbidden Planet. That is the only time that is mentioned, I believe. Ben Coberly with Jurassic Park. See, that's a controversial one, I think. For me, that's totally sci-fi, but when I had it, it's not on my top ten, but when I had it in my list of contenders, yeah, I had to actually convince Jamie. Like She's like, that's not sci-fi. Yeah. I'm like, no, I think it is. You know? I actually got, I, I felt the same way. It was actually on my fantasy list. Yeah. And then 
it, spoiler alert, it's on my top ten. Yeah. And I, and I convinced myself it was sci-fi as well. Um, so that leads us to Ashley Pauls, who said Aliens. It's always interesting to me, because Alien and Aliens were split down the middle with like certain people yeah. liking Aliens and certain people liking Alien. Yeah. So kind of interesting. Um, John DiNardo says Mad Max Fury Road. Mm. Fantastic visual film. Cody Shear says Galaxy Quest, so there's another throwout to Galaxy Quest. All right. Lisa Jones says Gattaca. I saw a lot of talk about Gattaca mm. on Facebook. It is it's a it, great movie. It's a very good sci-fi premise, and just a good movie. Yeah, is what I would say. Kind of that's how I feel about it. But um, Chris Wetzel says The Fifth Element. Yep. Mike Faber says Star Trek First Contact. Hey, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> Yeah. The older Star Trek film, one of the new, the next generation ones made it in. Yeah, why not? Why not? Tim Posada with 2001 as Space Odyssey. Obviously classic sci-fi. Okay, so someone did mention that. There's yeah. like no mention of it on Facebook. Oh, really? I, I've looked at a bunch of lists and stuff, and I feel like it's less on lists nowadays than it uh, used to be. Maybe so. That movie bores me to tears, but... <laughs> <laughs> not to take it away from anybody else, but I've never understood... I mean, it gave us the, the concept of like a sentient computer, which obviously has been redone, redone over and over and over and over again. But yeah. Zach Linden, this is the only time this one comes up, Resident Evil. Really? Yeah. Resident which one? The original? I think so. He didn't put a number on wow. it. Wow. So. Elvis okay. Dieskus is the only one that said this one. But this is very much sci-fi and very much 90s sci-fi. Stargate. Oh, Stargate. Yeah. yeah. It, that, Stargate, I will say... Is like steps away from being a great film. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's just not there, but it could be there if it was just a little different. It, you know has, it has me rooting for it. <laughs> you know, one of the problems I think with Stargate, and it's circumstantial. It's not a problem with the movie itself. Uh huh. The guy that plays the villain, yeah, was the same guy from the Crying Game. Ah. Uh. Who like? Do we have to say spoiler alert for the Crying Game? <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen it, but yeah. I know. You think he's a woman throughout most right, of the movie, right, and right, then you right. find out that's not true. And yeah, I haven't seen it. Either, like so. his next movie was Stargate, and so I feel like it was colored in uh, a certain way. Sure, sure, you know? sure, sure. I just think that Kurt uh, Kurt Russell is super likable too. So, oh yeah, I mean, love Kurt Russell. Yeah. All right, so Michael Gordon says Metropolis, which is a really great throwback to basically the first science fiction film ever made, I believe, um, which is super cool. Yep. And then Kevin Bates comes in with Moon, so we've heard that one several times yep. now. So what is your number eight? My number eight is going to allow you to begin making fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> and it is Inception. Ah, yes. Inception. Inception. Which I feel like there's a few movies in Nolan's collection that might need a little bit of argument behind them to make them sci-fi. Yeah. Some people could see Inception as a different kind of story. Yeah. But to me, it totally fits in sci-fi. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I, I, I think, think it's it, brilliant. I think it fits in sci-fi, no question. I mean, they they have the ability to jump into dreams. I mean, yeah, it's basically the Matrix meets dreams, right? Um, I think that's totally qualifies for me. Yeah. Um, my biggest issue with Inception is that I feel like of all the Chris Nolan films, and I actually did some research on this because I wanted to look into who was writing the movies that Chris Nolan has done. Because uh -huh. Chris Nolan, I mean, you and I, the point we agree on, I make fun of you about being a giant Chris Nolan fan, but the reality is, I am too. Like. His films are amazing. Yeah. Um, and I forgot that he had done The Prestige. That blew my mind. Oh, I forgot about that. So good. Such a good movie, too. 
But with, so something that was very unique about Inception that is a complaint of mine about Inception is that he is the only one that has a writing credit on Inception. Hmm. And it is by far the most expository of all his movies. So most well, of his it's movies. His, that's his passion project. Right. You know, like direct, all directors have that. Yep. Like uh, Damien, is it Damien Chazelle who directed Whiplash and La La yeah. Land? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He basically made Whiplash so he could get some clout in order right. to make La La Land. Right. So, you know, everyone has that. Well, and so just, just for the record, I'm a big fan of Inception. Mm-hmm. doesn't make my top ten. But the reason why I don't feel like it's the best is because as a, from a writer's standpoint, there's just so much like, let's just stop the movie for about ten minutes and explain what's going on here. Which I understand he has to do. Yeah. But in comparison with his other... Fr- fr- like, if you read or watch The Dark Knight, there's not a single piece of dialogue that is frivolous or expository or doesn't matter. Like, that dialogue is like... I watched the movie three times and I was like, oh my gosh, that's what they're talking about in that specific dialogue. Mm -hmm. I thought it was throwaway dialogue that actually has something relevant to say about this film. See, I feel like Inception is pretty darn close to that, too. Ah. I don't think it's up there. Yeah. Dark Knight's my favorite movie of all time. I'm not going to argue (laughs) with that. But I think Inception is close. Mm. And I think a lot of that exposition works because of who those characters are like they're the type of people who would be sitting around talking about things and who would find their pride in knowing more than the person they're talking to and explaining things well it's it's beautifully shot action i mean there's lots of great things to say about inception it didn't make my top 10 but i like it a lot um my number eight the terminator the original. The original. I, now, I so don't see anybody talking about the original. Oh, man. Here's, wow. here's the thing. In All my right. opinion, in my, my wife and I talked about this too because she agreed with me, but I saw them out of order because I saw Terminator 2 first because that sure. was like relevant in, like to me at the time. It was like, well, why would you watch that cheesy 80s low budget one when yeah, yeah. you could watch the better one, right? Sure. But then I went back and watched the original. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is a compelling story. It's an interesting story. It's actually terrifying in parts, yeah. the way that it's filmed. I think it's by far the superior film. Hmm. I think that, um, personally speaking, I think Terminator 2 is a fun 90s action flick. Yeah. The Terminator, I think, is actually a compelling movie. Like, it's a compelling film. Well, it so. is the one that told the story originally. Yep. And it's the, it's the concept... That yeah. has kept that franchise going. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. Uh, I made my uh, top ten. It's my number eight. Interesting. Um, number seven. So, Isaac says Blade Runner. Bobby says Guardians of the Galaxy. That's one of those ones we talked about yeah. that was probably going to be on our comic book list, but is not on our yep. science fiction list. Justin Weaver says Super 8, which is a great choice. J.J. Abrams. Jamie Smith says E.T. How can you go wrong with E.T.? I know. It's not on my list. It's not on my list. But it was close to mine. Uh, Joseph Heath says Ghostbusters. Really good Never choice. entered my mind. You know what? A strong argument can be made for sci-fi too. I would, I would have probably labeled it fantasy, but as I think I, about it, they're using technology that's yeah, totally that's science. It's so. true. Yeah. Uh, Malachi Ward has Starship Troopers, which is hilarious to me because I know Mal- Malachi pretty well, and it does not seem like a movie that he'd be interested <laughs> in at all. So Maybe he's just a big Neil Patrick Harris fan. <laughs> could be. It could be. Uh, ben Coberly says The Matrix. Ashley Paul says Jurassic Park. John DiNardo has a tie here between Snowpiercer and Brazil. I've never seen Brazil. 
I tried to watch it once. Okay. Did not succeed. <laughs> Have you seen Snowpiercer? Yes, I like it. Great movie. Didn't make my list, but great movie. I thought it was okay, but yeah, I digress. My brother Cody says Inception, so he has he likes it better than you like it. There you go. Uh, Lisa Jones has Jurassic World, which I believe is the only price to be on there. Yeah. If anybody puts Jurassic Park three, I'm really gonna be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any Jurassic Park threes. <laughs> Uh, there's no Lost Worlds either, I don't believe. I actually really love The Lost World. I think it takes good. more flack than it should. I think it's a great movie. I think it is too. Chris Wetzel says Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Mike Faber says A New Hope. Tim Posada says Terminator 2 Judgment Day, um, which we just talked about that. Uh, Zach Linton also says Super 8. Elvis Ieskis says The Matrix. Michael Gordon says 2001 A Space Odyssey. And Kevin Bates says Jurassic Park. What does Daryl Smith say? You're going to like this one. Mm. It begins with Star Wars. Oh, (laughs) nice. For me, if I'm being honest, the most nostalgic thing for me about Star Wars Uh is Return of the Jedi. But I can't in good conscience claim Return of the Jedi to be a better movie Uh than some of the other ones, if I'm honest with myself. Yeah. So the second most nostalgic is Empire Strikes Back, which is my number seven. Oh, Empire Strikes Back is your number seven. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I, I mean, mean, come on, that movie that movie showed filmmakers how to make a trilogy. Oh yeah. Like that movie proved that sequels don't have to suck. You know? So I will withhold talking about it too much because it's higher <laughs> sure, on my yeah, list yeah. and I will have a lot of things to say about it. Um, but I agree, it's a, it's a, it's yeah. it's the I think I and I even think well, I'll wait. I'll wait on that one. But no, I totally agree with that. That's great. Um, my number seven is the fifth element. Great movie. So obviously like this is, this is where I go into like, you know, uh, controversy. Return of the Jedi does not make my top 10. So didn't I make would, mine either. I would tell you, <laughs> oh, nice. uh, I would tell you that I think that I prefer Return of the Jedi uh-huh. as a film comparative to the fifth element. Oh, okay. I see what you're talking about. But the fifth element just contains so many weird, cool science fiction stuff <clears throat> and I actually think it's hilarious. I think the characters are really interesting. All of the all of that stuff. And so for me, that's why that makes the list, and the other one doesn't. Yeah. So. Plus, that makes sense. Plus, I mean, Chris Tucker, dude, like that's a great role. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, Luke Besson, he makes good movies. Like, I really want, yeah. I really want to see Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. I think yes. that looks good. Yes. And the, okay, one of the big scenes that sticks out to me from Fifth Element is the opera singer. Hmm. And I've literally seen videos on YouTube, and I've heard people claim that that Luke Besson, his goal in that scene yeah. was to have somebody sing something that is not humanly possible to sing. Oh, no way. But there's a girl on YouTube who did it. No way. Yeah, it's crazy. That's awesome. That's super cool. All right, that brings us to our number six. We're about to break the top five in a little bit here. Yeah. Number six, Isaac Johnson, Inception, Bobby Nash, Nash Serenity, Justin Weaver. Yay, Serenity finally makes the list. It makes the list. I'm glad it took a while because that means it's higher. That it's not the last one time it's going to make the list yeah. either. Oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Justin Weaver, Guardians of the Galaxy. Jamie Smith, Interstellar. Yeah. No influence from the husband on that one, I'm sure. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> she has great taste all by herself. <laughs> Joseph Heath, Nothing. Which is actually oh, come on, you got to pick something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, right. Again, I've never even heard of that film. so I haven't either. I'm going to look it up. I need to look up Joseph's list. 
Malachi Ward, Brazil, Ben Coberly, The Martian, Ashley Paul's Interstellar, John DiNardo, Primer, which I've never seen. Have you seen Primer? It's a time travel movie, and I hear it's very good. Cody Shear, Terminator 2, Judgment mm-hmm. Day, Lisa Jones, The Prestige, which I think is a fantastic film, and it did not make my sci-fi list. It is a great movie. Great, great movie. One of my favorite Nolan films. Yeah. Yeah, we're just saying something. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, Chris Wessel, The Matrix, Mike Faber, Spaceballs, which we talked about earlier, actually. Tim Posada, The Matrix, Zach Linton, The Empire Strikes Back. Elvis Ieskis, The Martian, Michael Gordon, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Not the last time we're going to hear that one, but mm-hmm. the first time we're hearing it. Kevin Bates, Back to the Future. And then Daryl Smith, What's Is Your Number Six? Who, who chose The Prestige again? Who was that? I believe it was Lisa, Lisa Jones. Ah, well, she's correct. Yes. That, that is the number six movie. For you? <laughs> yep. Oh, nice. Nice. That is the one that I realized later mm. that bumped The Matrix off the list. Ah, interesting. So I'm glad that there's already somebody saying that's a sci-fi movie because I felt like I was going to have to fight for it. Ah. And Jamie and I argued about it. She didn't... She... And probably still feels differently. I think by her definition, it may not fall under that category. But for me, there's a scientific element to it that doesn't exist. You know, Mm. there's cloning a human being. Sorry if that's a bit of a spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie. (laughs) But that big. I mean... But it's a it's a smaller part of the movie. But you also have you have Nikola Tesla as a character, you know. Yeah. And if you're gonna have a historical figure in a movie that would give it sci-fi cred, yeah, Nikola Tesla. Come on, <laughs> gotta have him in there. I know. So yeah, I can't prestige. argue with you on it being a great film. I, I probably would not classify it as sci-fi, though. Your argument, I think, is fair enough. Like, mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, but for me, I would have thought of it more as like maybe a fantasy film. I mean, this is the interesting thing about Nolan is that he makes these films that are they're very difficult to define their genres. Yeah, because they're not classically anything. Right, they're just classically Chris Nolan amazingness. Yeah. <laughs> so and I love movies like that. Yeah, yeah I love it's ones very that cool. bring a tinge of something else into it. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Good choice. Okay, so here we go. Here's our top... Here, we're going to get into the top five. Top five for Isaac Johnson, The Matrix, Bobby Nash. Oh, wait. What was your top six? Was oh, your I six? didn't go to mine. You didn't do your six. Oh, my, my number six is Jurassic Park. Okay. Jurassic Park... How can, I mean... Jurassic... So, if I take us back to... I think it was 92. Was it Jurassic Park 92? Sounds right. Yeah. If I take us back to 1992... Jurassic I'm, Park and grunge music. <laughs> the world changed that that's year. That's right. I'm, I'm 11 years old in 92. Yeah. Okay. A movie about realistic dinosaurs for the first time that actually look like dinosaurs and that are basically the Disneyland of dinosaurs. I mean, yeah. basically say like combine everything that an 11-year-old <laughs> kid loves and put it in a movie and then yeah. have it directed by Steven Spielberg. It's got to be in your top 10. I mean, I think that's amazing. You know what else Jurassic Park did that I look back on and love? I remember seeing the trailer for it in the movie theater because back then that was the only way you saw trailers. Oh, yeah. And so you know the the trope in trailers where you see all of the footage and all of the stuff, and yep. then they show you the name of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they hit you with one more quick little thing after the name of the movie. Yep. Jurassic Park was the first movie I ever saw do that. 
Before that, every trailer ended with the title of the movie and then fade to black. Was but it the, in this was one, the T-Rex? It was the T-Rex coming up on the mirror. Yeah, yeah, it says yeah. objects in the mirror yeah, closer yeah, than they yeah, appear. Yeah, yeah. And it scared the heck out of me because <laughs> I'd never heard of that. Yeah, I'm like, terrifying. I wouldn't have seen that coming. So. Yeah. yeah, it's yes. a great movie. Jurassic Park's awesome. So now we'll get to the top five. Uh, Isaac Johnson, The Matrix, Bobby Nash, Stargate, Justin Weaver, Inception. Yay. Uh, Jamie Smith, The Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Controversy. But... Why? I just think that a lot of people... It's a kind of a love it or hate it for some people. Mm. And you hate it. No, no, no. I, I, I know I you don't it. hate it. Yeah, I love it. Um, not a top ten for me, because I don't think it's the best Star Wars film. But um, I think I've heard some people like Ben Coberly, who's you know one of the people that submitted things. He, 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 he hates it. He can't stand it. I know a lot of people think it's just a retread of the first movie. Right. But I think there's a very good reason for that. I totally agree. Uh, Joseph Heath, Back to the Future 2. Really? Continues to be controversial, Joseph Oh my Heath. goodness. I would put 3 above 2, but that's Joseph, great. Joseph Heath's 4 is awesome. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to say it yet, but All it's right. awesome. All right. uh, Malachi Ward, Blade Runner. Ben Coberly, Tron, which almost made my list. Okay. Tron almost made my list. I actually really love Tron Legacy ah. because um, I love the director. So Who directed it? Uh, Joseph Kaczynski. Hmm. Not familiar with him. Uh, Ashley Pauls, Wrath of Khan. John DiNardo, The Day the Earth Stood Still. I'm almost positive that's the original. Yeah. Cody Shear, Serenity. Lisa Jones, Jurassic Park. Chris Wetzel, Jurassic Park. Hey. Mike Faber, Silent Running. Oh, okay. Tim Posada, Aliens. Zach Linton, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Which is the only time that shows up. Elvis Ieskis, Inception. You've got like a little cadre of people that you know. That I, I didn't push anybody. These uh, are just smart people. You hacked what all their What can I Facebook, say? I did not. All their emails I did not. and submitted these. Um, Michael Gordon, Alien. And Kevin Bates, Source Code. Source Code got a lot more love than I would have expected. And this is where I'm going to agree with Kevin Bates. I really liked Source Code. It's a really code. good movie. It's not on my top ten, but it's yeah. well done science it is. fiction. It really is. All right, so what's your? We're breaking the top five. What's your top five? What's your five, number five movie? I have to side with my wife, and I have to say Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Oh, nice. Yep. You're the only two that put it, the Force Awakens, on there. I think. Really? Yeah, I think so. Okay, let me talk a little bit about the whole gripe that it's just like a New Hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was deliberate, for a certain reason, you know, based on interviews and stuff that I've listened to. Yeah. And the reason is, it's been so long since a New Hope came out that if you're going to revisit that world, mm -hmm. it makes sense to give people something familiar to start with. Right. Now, if The Last Jedi is exactly like Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> right. then I'll, I will start griping as well. Yes. But I think returning to a, a familiar formula was brilliant. Yeah. So And now let's see something different. But well, and I have, I have just, to, just to add to that, because I'm with you on this. Yeah. Um, when you're dealing with twice as many characters as you would normally have in a film, mm -hmm. because that's the case, right? You have all the original actors plus all the actors you're introducing for the first time. Yeah. The reality is you don't have time to do world building. You don't have time to do setting up things that way you would otherwise. Yeah. If every character is going to have an arc, which amazingly almost all of them do, yeah. then you're going to need to give familiar territory. The plot is going to suffer. Yeah. Right? 
So I think it's totally fair that they did it that way, and I wouldn't do it any other way. Yeah. Either. I think you have to do it that way. Yeah, and if you're gonna, if you're gonna do a continuation of something that has been loved for thirty yeah. plus years, yeah. you have to connect it properly to the original. Exactly. Especially with the prequels in between, which really took things in a whole different direction. You have to remind people of what they love. Yep. And encourage them that you can trust my movie. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And on top of that, I just think this is probably controversial too, but I think possibly my very favorite Star Wars character is in that movie. Oh, really? It's Kylo Ren. Oh, interesting. I love Kylo Ren's character. Well, one of my top three Star Wars characters is Rey. Okay. I think, yeah. Rey's, I think Rey's an awesome character. Um, <clears throat> now, also, I will say, I love me a J.J. Abrams movie, so yeah. that didn't hurt. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Bad robot. Um, my number five is Blade Runner. Okay. So, Blade Runner is one of those movies that I do... I think you had would, you would made a joke, like, this is... I'm not going to include Blade Runner in my top ten... Because it's so slow and so boring. And <laughs> for actually, me. Yeah. For me. That doesn't mean it's true for everybody. Well, I kind of agree with you. But Blade Runner is sort of that dystopian future movie that for the first time ever got it right. No, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. So for me, I, I, I love that movie for that reason. And I think like it's a chance to see um, Harrison Ford back in a science fiction movie. One of his coolest roles. Yeah, super cool role. It leaves it, it there's a whole discussion about whether or not he's a replicant and why and that I mean, so it leaves it's based on a really cool story. I mean, mm -hmm. there's lo there's lots that I think are going for it, but I I don't I can't fault anyone who says it's really boring. I'd be like, "Well, I get you. I get you." Yeah, and I you see that at the top of so many sci-fi lists. Yeah. You know, I like that movie and Alien and Metropolis and Brazil, these are kind of like the movies that yes. you see. And I get it. I get why. Yes. They were all pioneers in a way that today yep. is still relevant. Exactly. People are still doing things those movies did. And all brilliant. I don't knock their brilliance yeah. in any way. There's elements of Blade Runner that I really enjoy watching. Like some of the visuals and some of the fight scenes and stuff like that. But... Mm -hmm. Overall, just the, the tone of it and the pace of it. Yeah. And I feel like maybe the Ridley Scottness of it. I'm not, I'd real, <laughs> sure. I've realized I'm just not a big Ridley Scott fan, but yeah. there's just things about it that make it less enjoyable for me. Sure. I, I won't say I don't enjoy it, but compared to all these other movies, it just yeah. can't compete. I think that's fair. I think it's fair. But I am going to go back and watch it again soon mm. because oh, yeah. the, the, the sequel's coming awesome. out. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, really cool. Is Ridley Scott doing that one too? No, it's direct. It's Directed by the guy who you will never be able to pronounce his name. Oh. <laughs> and I don't even know that I can either. Villeneuve. Villeneuve. But it's not that. It's because you don't pronounce any of it. It's kind of I like... think it's Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> exactly. I think that's how you do it. Exactly. And I don't think you can do it without some sort of French accent, which I don't have. Denise Villanueva is how I pronounce Denise it. Denise Villanueva, yeah. So that's... you make him a woman. I think and... that's the best way yeah. to say it. I don't know. I mean... Okay, so we're going to go into the number fours. Minority Report for Isaac Johnson... Bobby Nash says Star Trek First Contact, which is uh, the ESO Who team. shouts for Star Trek First Contact? Yeah, the Contact. ESO team loves them some Star Trek. It, I, there's no question that it's the best Next Generation movie. Mm. I have no question about that. I, I, I'm not into the... For me, no offense. I love what J.J. Abrams has done. Mm -hmm. For me, Star Trek is pretty boring. Sure. I yeah. can't, no, that's I fine. Can't, I, can't I don't have a problem it. with that. Yeah. 
Um, I will tell you though that it is more classically science fiction than Star Wars. So anybody who's a can real we do a slight fan. detour here? Yes. Okay, so you say it's pretty boring. Yeah. I heard something recently that makes me super super excited about the new Star Trek show, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That debuts in a few weeks, I yeah. think. Two things. Yeah. One, for the first time, what feels like the first time ever uh-huh. in countless movies, countless TV shows, even J.J. Abrams movies. Yeah. An away team goes to a planet they know nothing about. All these dangers. Could be anything on there. It's the most dangerous thing you can imagine. Yeah. Yet, for the first time ever, this show is having people wear body armor. <laughs> like, why has no one ever worn body armor in Star Trek before? This is true, yeah. And then the other thing I saw, too, is apparently um, Gene Roddenberry and then his estate ah. following his death yeah. had a rule that the characters within the crew uh-huh. of these Star Trek stories yeah. could not have interpersonal conflict with each other because it undermined the nature of his utopian future that he was trying to present. Oh, I see. Sure. And apparently for Star Trek Discovery, the Roddenberry estate has officially lifted that requirement. Interesting. So I'm super intrigued by this new show. Which I'm kind of glad because that's kind of like the human condition is how do we deal with conflict? Right. And if you you look back and watch these movies, you can kind of see that as, oh yeah, that does make it less interesting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, good sidetrack. Uh, Dustin Weaver, Serenity. Jamie Smith, Serenity. Uh, Joseph Heath, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Not even Excellent bogus Adventure. Bogus Journey? I know, not even Excellent Adventure. Oh, he goes man. straight to Bogus Journey. Wow. Uh, but I'm that really happy Death Bill is and pretty Ted. funny in that movie. Yeah, I'm it's really happy that Bill and Ted shows up on the list. That's cool. Yeah. Malachi Ward Stalker, which I have not seen. Is that... Oh, no, that's a different movie. I have no idea. I don't know. Ben Coberly, Blade Runner. Uh, Ashley Paul's Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. John DiNardo, Minority Report. Cody Shear, The Fifth Element. Lisa Jones, Split. Oh, that's a good movie. Which is an interesting one. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, Chris Wetzel, A New Hope. Mike Faber, Serenity. Yeah, a lot of love for Serenity. Yeah, a lot like of love it. for Serenity. Tim Posada, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Again, I'm pretty sure that's the original. Zach Linton with Mad Max, The Original. Huh, okay. Only time that one makes the list. All right. Uh, Elvis Ieskis, Serenity. Dude, I'm telling you, your crew, <laughs> man. Your crew is tight-knit. Uh, Michael Gordon, Brazil. Kevin Bates, X-Men Days of Future Past. I was wondering if anybody would put an X-Men movie on. Yeah. Because I feel like they could all qualify. Even first, I agree. Even first class. Yeah. But Oh, first class is my favorite X-Men movie. Oh, me too, but oh, I feel yeah. like it could still qualify oh, as sci-fi. sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. So, yeah, again, I just, I left comic book movies off this list because we're doing a comic book podcast in the future. Same here. So what did you put in it for? Interstellar. Oh, of course. Yep. One of my favorite movies. I have posters for it on my wall next to my TV. (laughs) Um, Elvis and I did a podcast on it. Which is one of our most popular podcasts. Really? Yeah. It's a beloved movie. Yeah. Or maybe Elvis has a lot of friends. It could be that too. Both probably. Um... It's my second favorite uh, Christopher Nolan film. Wow. Behind, behind the Dark Knight. Yeah. And I just... I love it because... Not just because of its sci-fi elements. I know it takes a lot of flack for the whole... You know... 
the gravity thing and the yeah. time shifting thing yeah, yeah, yeah. and the ghost it's not a ghost you know all that stuff whatever the emotional story that it tells oh, it's huge. is heart-wrenching and yeah. so well done i love it so much and i mean if you want to hear more about this go back and listen to the interstellar podcast because <laughs> elvis and i talk about it at length but i love the concept of trying to understand science yeah. by talking about love Mm. which they do in that movie yeah so so my number four is back to the future nice i just think back to the future is an amazing movie it's a lovely so. movie and, and and honestly like talk about some of the best like if you take it as a trilogy one of the best trilogies of all time totally too um the, the quality of all of them are, are amazing and one of those movies that i think we're fairly safe to say that will never ever get remade yeah I because so. i hope not I I know I hope not too, but there was so much about it that had to do with the people that were in it totally. and the way they made it and the time that it was made in. Totally. And I just think Well they tried to make it without Michael J. Fox and then they had to go back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, pardon my brief interruption here, but do you need a new pair of headphones? If you do, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Urban Vinyl. They make premium wood headphones that look amazing. But here's the thing, they're made by audiophiles for audiophiles, so they sound as good as they look. In fact, reviewers have called their headphones the best headphones on the market, better even than Bose and Beats. And you know what? I agree. They're what I use when I record this podcast. Please consider purchasing a pair using the link in the show notes. If you click the link to their website and use the promo code J, my name, my first name, J-A-Y, super simple, you save 15% and Urban Vinyl will make a donation to the Reclamation Society. So if you need headphones or you're looking to upgrade the pair that you currently have, definitely take a look at what Urban Vinyl has to offer. Click the link in the show notes to visit their website and use my name, J-A-Y, to get the 15% discount. Thanks for letting me interrupt. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, so let's go to the number threes. Isaac Johnson, 12 Monkeys, Bobby Nash, Terminator, slash Terminator 2, so he includes both of those. Justin Weaver, A New Hope, Jamie Smith, Mad Max Fury Road, Justin Heath, Groundhog Day, uh, Malachi Ward. Ah, Groundhog Day. I see that on so many sci-fi lists. I does, disagree. Does, I disagree as well. I don't think it's a sci-fi film. I think film. it's just fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. But you're allowed to have your opinion, Joseph. And we're glad you wrote in. And that's why, you know, Edge of Tomorrow is the Groundhog Day of the sci-fi genre. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's totally true. Malachi Ward, Under the Skin, which I've never heard of. Oh, I've heard of it. Ben Coberly, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Ashley Pauls, Rogue One. Oh, all right. John DiNardo, Never Let Me Go. Cody Shear, Back to the Future. Lisa Jones, Mad Max Fury Road. Chris Wetzel, Alien. Mike Faber, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Tim Posada, Children of Men. I think it's interesting, but it doesn't do anything for me. I think it's... I think it's depressing. Yeah. It's it's, depressing. I think it's just a big downer. It's yeah. a good movie. It's a well-made movie. It's a well-made movie. It's just, I yeah. don't want to go back and watch it again. <laughs> Agree. Zach Linton, The Matrix, Elvis Ieskis, The Fifth Element. That's a number three for Elvis. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, Michael Gordon, Blade Runner, Kevin Bates, The Martian. Uh, the Martian. 
right. What is your number three? This is the top three. We're getting to the top three. This is pretty fun. Yeah, okay. So now is when you get to the point where I really had to think about third act stuff yeah. and try and figure out what I loved about these next three films. Um, Serenity is number three mm. for me. And I'm so happy to see so many other people have it high on their lists yeah. because... I feel like a lot of people think of it as a throwaway just because it's an extension of Firefly. But even if you've never seen Firefly, Serenity is so good. Yeah. And Joss Whedon is so good at ensemble casts. And I will say for me, uh-huh. this movie is the best like ensemble cast maybe in all of filmmaking. Oh, it's wow. It's one of my very favorite ensemble cast it's certainly a fun cast too because in in a matter of just two hours or it's probably not even that long you just you really get how much these people mean to each other right you know right so. especially if you especially if you're a fan of the tv series and the fact that they made this film yeah you know and great villain i love the opera uh, again yeah. there's a podcast on this justin weaver and i did it you can go <laughs> back and listen to that too but I, I like Serenity a lot, but it wasn't as, it wasn't in my top ten. Yeah. I like it a lot, but so now at this point, I am going to tell you what the collective, the overall, yeah, what what who, what scored the best, so to speak, right? So the number three was The Matrix. Okay, and that was also my number three. Okay, wow, it just so happens. So uh, my number three was The Matrix. Um, the Matrix is. It was in my lifetime, and somebody else might have seen a movie that was different than this. It was so unique. Mm-hmm. It was um, amazingly well filmed. The action is phenomenal. The tone is phenomenal. The script is phenomenal. Like all of it, just really hit on a lot of um, on a lot of different levels. So yeah. I really like The Matrix. Uh, so it's my number three. It's also your collective number three if we add up all the scores. And let's get into the number twos. So right. Isaac Johnson, Ex Machina. I always want to see say Ex Machina. Yes, <laughs> I always want to say that. Uh, Bobby Nash, Alien Aliens. Justin Weaver, Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Jamie Smith, Oblivion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph Heath, Primer. Um, wow, two for Primer. Two for Primer, yeah. Uh, Malachi Ward, Alien. Ben Coberly, Back to the Future. Ashley Pauls, the new Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Uh, John DiNardo, Inception. Cody Shear, Guardians of the Galaxy. Lisa Jones, Inception. Chris Wetzel, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Mike Faber, Guardians of the Galaxy. Tim Posada, Blade Runner. Zach Linton, Planet of the Apes, the original. Elvis Ieskis, Interstellar, which makes sense why you'd have him on yep. the Interstellar podcast. Yep. Michael Gordon, Star Trek, Wrath of Khan. And Kevin Bates, The Abyss. Oh, good. I'm glad somebody put The Abyss in there. Yeah, I think Kevin's the only one. But I love it's that on movie. There now. That's a great movie. So what is your number two? My number two, I thought it was going to be controversial, but based on the other lists, it's not at all. It's <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, nice. Yep. I, don't I th- think that's one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. It's probably in my top ten movies of all time. I will say it didn't make my top ten, obviously. Um, well, not obviously. I could, it could be a two or one. Uh, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's gorgeous. Yep. I don't know if there's a movie. I could watch Tom Hardy do anything. If you said, like, hey, Tom Hardy's in really? a grocery store. Have you seen Tinker store. Taylor Soldier Spy? 
I have not seen that. I dare you to stay awake through that. Thing. Really? <laughs> but I just feel like he's so interesting. Like even when he has like a like. So I I saw the Revenant finally. Oh yeah. And I had no desire to see the Revenant, but I'm just watching in between. Between the gorgeous filmmaking yeah. that is, I mean, like the most beautiful movie I think I've ever seen, right? And between Tom Hardy's super interesting portrayal of that character, um, a pretty depressing, not that cool. I don't didn't resonate with it. I didn't know what they tried to do in the end. It didn't quite work for me. Mm-hmm. Kind of story, and I actually think that there are some really interesting faith points in that story that mm-hmm. I like. But it just didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. But Tom Hardy, I'm like, I, yeah, I could watch this guy do anything, man. Like his performance. Did you have you seen? Um, uh, what's the series that he's in on Netflix? Oh, Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Have you seen his no. portrayal in that? Oh man, um, he just has. I thought it was. I, I thought he was gonna. It was gonna be a, a kind of character. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. He was a totally different kind of character than I was expecting, and still phenomenal. Yeah. So it's just like, and he's and unlike. He does have a thing. Yeah, right? he, does. he does have a thing, but it's not like a Johnny Depp. Jack Sparrow thing that then right. works its way into every single role. Right, right. It's like it it he he tweaks it to fit any role that he's actually playing. Yeah. Um, and not to mention the fact that Charlize Theron is really more the hero in that film. Yeah. And she's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm sorry. It's your film. I'm, no, no, <laughs> I'm it's true. Promoting you. You're just thanks for the backup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, it's such a simple story. It's I'll call it the best action movie mm. ever made. The best straight-up action movie because yeah. it's it's like one long action scene, the whole thing. Yeah, and it stands out for me because I go back and I watch the old Mad Max films, and I'm like, I get it; these are fun. I get why they're appealing, but yeah. they're so weird. Like, how can anybody relate to any of this stuff? And it's just so it's all it's hard for it to feel entertaining because it's so out there and yeah. so specific and strange. And for the same filmmaker yeah. to come back decades later, make another one of those movies, and solve every single problem I ever had <laughs> with any of the first ones, yeah. it just blew me out of the water. That's so really good point. good. He also takes these crazy risks that pan out. Yeah. You're like, where in the world are we going to find a sci-fi movie where they have literally a driving truck across the sand... Where a guy is on the front of it playing electric <laughs> guitar, and you're gonna be like, "That's badass, man!" Like I mean, most of the time, you'd be like, "That is so stupid. Why is that included?" In that it? guy, I, he plays for a band. I forget which band he's in, but he's now married to one of the wives from the movie. No way. To one of the Morton Joe's wives, <laughs> they met on the movie and got That's married. That's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah, and there's a. I will say too, there's a another version of it called the Black and Chrome Edition. Oh. So it's basically a black and white movie, black and white version of the movie. Oh no way. But it's not just. They converted the movie to black and white. Like George Miller went back, redid every frame, retouched every frame. Whoa! And it's it's a different it's a different experience. It yeah. takes all the color out of it, obviously, right. but it's a whole different kind of beautiful. Wow! So cool. Um. So my number two, before we get to the collective people, number two, uh, my number two is Rogue One. Yeah. Rogue One for me. I keep thinking that I'm gonna watch it again. And like find an issue with it. Yeah. I will say that there are parts of the second act that are not as thrilling or as exciting as it could be. Yeah. I totally agree with the critique. And I'm going to do a Rogue One podcast. I'm not going to go too deep into it. Yeah, yeah. Totally agree with the critique that the character arcs are weak. Right? The pacing is what kept it out of my top ten. Ah. 
it'd be in my top 20 sci-fi films for sure so the third act is outstanding it is i have not seen another film that gives me hope emotionally physically and spiritually hmm. the way that that film does interesting and that's amazing to me the hit on all of those points uh, is phenomenal. So my, that gets my number two. The collective number two of the people, which sounds gross. Yeah, it sounds really Sorry. bad. Yeah. <laughs> sounds... I, I realize that. That's I the probably, only number two joke I'm going to make, probably... I promise. <laughs> You're going to wait for that opportune moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, I should have read that as Bane voice too. Oh, the people. Um, that's uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner came in at number sure. two from yeah. the collective of everybody. Um, now we're going to get to number one. Now, because Isaac said that he couldn't actually submit, so not only did he not number them, he gave me 11. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac fails on two fronts, but he submitted, uh, he had Mad Max Fury Road on his list, and he also had Star Trek Wrath of Khan on his list. Okay. Bobby Nash, again, not, this is obviously not the number one because he didn't number them, but he had Predator. Now, these are all number ones. Justin Weaver with The Matrix. Really? Justin put the Matrix on top. What's, what's really cool to me is I've, I've I'm met, surprised Serenity is not at the top of Justin's list. I well, be he's honest. four. Like, it's four. But what's so funny is that Justin is such a hopeful, such a nice, such a friendly person, and it's like, okay, a new hope is his third. That fits. Yeah. Uh, his number two is Jurassic Park. That fits. And then it's yeah. like number one, the Matrix. You're yeah. Like, wow, it's depressing. But he's also just a lover of film and of cool film. Yes. And the Matrix is a cool film. Yes. So. Yeah. So good, uh, we both agree, good choice, Justin. Uh, Jamie Smith, Arrival. Yep. Surprising that there's been less talk about Arrival on this one. I would have expected a lot of people to put it way up there. It is interesting. Uh, it makes me feel like uh, a prophet because last year I said that after, in a year we're not going to all remember Arrival. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think, well, I think it's... It's a beautiful movie. You need to do a podcast on it. I yeah. can't do a podcast on it because I didn't like it that much. But you should do a podcast on it. Yeah, and I think I think we'll get there at some point. I think it needs a certain kind of guest. Yeah, it would be cool to have somebody that has some experience in linguistics and stuff like I that. I know a guy but... who's a linguistics professor. Okay, there so. you go. But yeah, that's a it's a great great movie and makes you think like crazy. Yeah, that's totally true. Yeah, Joseph Heath, Galaxy Quest at number one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Malachi Ward, 2001, A Space Odyssey. All right. Ben Coberly, Return of the Jedi. Ashley Pauls, uh, The Empire Strikes Back. And John DiNardo, which is, this is really funny to me because he's the science fiction guy that, had, that runs the blog. Uh-huh. Uh, ran the blog. He, he shut it down, actually. Um, he just had like 10 comic book movies. In his, <laughs> as his <laughs> number spot. one? Like, I can't choose one. It's the like, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, he had like <laughs> The Avengers, The Dark Knight. Like He had, he had several of them on there, which I thought was pretty funny. Um... Cody Shear, my brother, Empire Strikes Back, Lisa Jones, Snowpiercer, uh, Chris Wetzel, Aliens, Mike Faber, The Wrath of Khan, Tim Posada, The Empire Strikes Back, Zach Linton, Blade Runner, Elvis Ieskis, The Empire Strikes Back, Michael Gordon, <laughs> A New Hope, Kevin Bates, Aliens. Okay. All right. So, what's your number one? My number one is a movie that, if not for my wife would have gone 100% completely unmentioned on this entire podcast. Ooh, this is this is getting interesting. And you asked me who Joseph Kaczynski is. Yeah. And he directed this movie, okay. number one. 
And it's going to be controversial because, like I said, no one brought it up. Okay. But I love, love, love this movie. Wait, how do you feel about this movie? I love, love, <laughs> love. And Jamie and I are going to do a podcast on this movie. Okay. And it is Oblivion. Oh, of course you love this movie. Yes, 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 yes. yes. It didn't go unmentioned because Jamie mentioned it. But if not for her, it would have That's gone true. unmentioned. I feel like more people need to see this movie. I know Tom Cruise is out of his mind. I know, <laughs> I know people are, you know, they're sick of his face. I don't know whatever. I know there's a lot of hate for Tom Cruise out there. I get it. Yeah. But give this movie a freaking chance. Yeah. It is so good. The tone of it is amazing. The story is so intriguing. I have no problem with it being your number one. I, yeah. I, I, it's not on my top ten, but mostly because it's a very complex movie. Yeah. Because it's actually, it's actually not necessarily in a bad way, but it's very derivative of like three or four different films. It is, but like I said before... Well, none of those films have combined those four things. I know. You know, but so again, like I, like I said before, in my opinion, yeah, being a pioneer, yeah, doesn't make you the best. Yes, no, no, I agree. So, I, agree. I, I would say you could include it on your comic book list too, because it's based on that's true. Novel. Yeah, well, so is Edge of Tomorrow. So a lot of these are. That's true. That's a good point. Actually, you know what? It can't be on the comic book list. Oh no, because it was going to be a graphic novel that Joseph Kaczynski oh. was developing. Good point. And he shared it. With somebody who shared it with Tom Cruise, and once Tom Cruise found out about it, yeah, he basically halted. Not on purpose, like he didn't yeah. try to derail yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. But the graphic novel never got finished because it immediately went into becoming a movie because right. all this power was suddenly put behind and it. And it is really well done and gorgeous. Yeah, really and I'm well not. Done. I'm not going to talk about story stuff because, like I said, Jamie and I will do a podcast on it. Yeah. So go watch Oblivion, Tom Cruise, directed by Joseph Kaczynski. Who, by the way, is one of my very favorite directors. Mm. He's done very little. He did Tron Legacy. Yeah. He's got a movie about firefighters coming out pretty soon. Oh. But as far as I know, he's going to direct the Top Gun sequel. Oh, also. cool. I will say this. If you watch Oblivion and hate it, like, why? Like, what, what is it that you hate about that movie? <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe Tom Cruise. Maybe you hate Tom Cruise. Yeah. Okay, right. But, like, I, don't, I think you might be able to say, like, I don't think anybody will watch that movie and be like, why did I waste my time? Yeah. I don't think anyone will do that. So I think that's a good example of a movie that should be recommended. You know what I mean? Yeah. So go, yeah, go watch it. And I had a hard time picking between this one and Mad Max, to be honest, because mm. those are two movies I love so much. Jamie loves them too. We watch them together all the time. And in the end, I went with Oblivion because I think it asks a few more interesting questions. And also because Mad Max is a story where for the most part there's one sort of twist about halfway through but for the most part you have your premise you know what's going on yeah and you're just watching it play out yeah 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 oblivion is not like that at all there's twist after twist after yeah. twist and you it's don't totally understand weird. everything what until the very on? end yeah, and yeah yeah very complex movie it is okay so my number one i know your number one you, yeah, what is it? What is the number one? It's Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, it's Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> and that was the and that's going to be the collective, collective number one, too. Yeah. Well. So I do have one last question for you, because we can talk about Empire Strikes Back. Everyone, I mean, <laughs> everyone knows Empire Strikes Back. It's a great and you movie. will talk about Empire Strikes Back. We will, talk, we will talk about it. It'll be amazing. The one last question I have for you, though, um, is, your, is Oblivion. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into geek movies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Is Oblivion your number one movie of all time? Or is that on a different list? 
No. Well, you already said Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is my yeah. number one movie of all time. Yeah. I haven't... It'd be fun to make that list. I haven't done it in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Oblivion will definitely be in the top ten. Yeah. Might make the top five. Nice. Because I'll say my um, Empire Strikes Back is my second favorite movie of all time. And my favorite movie of all time will be on Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I spoiled it. Yeah, it's okay. It'll be on another list. And then my third favorite movie of all time will also be on another list. Okay. And maybe... I know that one too, but I won't spoil it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So... Fun podcast, and thank you to everyone for submitting your opinions. Um, a lot of cool movies on here. Go out and watch the movies you haven't seen. Um, yell at Daryl and I via email. Hi at recommendationsociety.org. <laughs> Send us an email. Let us know we're terrible and stupid and all the rest of it. But um, thanks for joining me, Daryl. That was a fun time. Well, apparently only I'm terrible and stupid because you agreed with everybody else on the best <laughs> sci-fi movie of all time. And well, that's true. I had it slammed way back at number seven. But now they need to go test Oblivion and see what that do looks it. like. Yeah. Watch it. Do it. Do everybody it. else go watch it before Jamie and I do a podcast on it and spoil everything for you. <laughs> that is it for today's podcast. Now it's time for you to share your thoughts on today's topic. Write us an email at hi at reclamationsociety.org or head over to one of our social media accounts and get in touch with us there. Links are in the show notes. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe. And if you have an extra minute, write us a review or share this episode with one of your geek friends. All right, fellow geeks. As always, question everything in your favorite stories and always seek the truth. We'll catch you on the next podcast.